Hey guys, it's Pamela from the CHH podcast team and welcome back to CHH where we interview women in the Christian music from all over the world. Today is bittersweet because we have our final and last episode of series two of the podcast. We will be speaking to Canadian singer-songwriter and visual artist Jamie Poon. She'll be speaking about God tricking her into her career, finding her unique sound and also finding healing after overcoming an eating disorder. Jamie is honestly an amazing artist and the perfect person to close this series of the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at CHH Podcast. So Jamie, thank you so much for joining us on the CHH Podcast. I'm so excited to speak to you, honestly. Um, can you just introduce yourself to us and let us know who you are? Yeah, for sure. And thanks again for having me on. Um, so my name is Jamie and uh, I'm a Canadian singer-songwriter based in um, Mississauga, Ontario. And yeah, I mean, I'm a very emotional person. And so I just love to just write out my emotions and process everything through song. And song is also my sort of King David way of connecting with God, you know, being super honest with him. And yeah, and I also released uh, an EP, my first debut EP in May. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, we're gonna go into it because like that EP is. I was just saying to you like before this, I was listening to it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is good. Like I wasn't surprised good, but I was like, this is good. This is really good. <laughs> like, praise God. <laughs> but um, I want to speak about the like genre of music or the style of music you create. You're a really interesting artist because you've kind of taken like a classical, almost jazzy sound, but made it very modern. And I would love to know like where that came about from. Like, how did you develop your style of music? Yeah, um, it's so it's funny that you mentioned that because like a lot of my friends who like, like when they first meet me, they don't connect. Like I, they tell me, oh, like Jamie, we don't see you as someone who loves jazz, alternative R&B, they're just like, oh, you probably like classical music or like pop music or whatever, which I do love. But yeah, I've just always really gravitated toward uh, towards jazz, especially with like softer voices. Mm. So I say, I mean, like I grew up classically doing the classically trained piano route. Um, and I really loved Sarah Bareilles and like Birdie because I mean, again, it's just the emotion that they could portray through song. Um, and I think the style that I really connected with was like, uh, with jazz was uh, when I discovered Cream Bailey Ray, just like, I think I was in like fifth grade or something. And I was like, wow, like this really, really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. So I remember just really loving jazz, but not really knowing how to like explain my musical taste. Yeah. Um, and, and like fast forward to like during the pandemic, I've just been like, list I listened to so much music, but um particularly artists like Sam Wills he's like a UK based artist like does a lot of amazing neo soul um uh tunes and also like Moonchild um and I really like in terms of like female singer songwriters like in the genre of jazz like I love Ravina and Amber Navrin again from Moonchild um so yeah like all, all these artists they I just loved how soulful mm -hmm. their music was. And I think that really, I really connected with that. And, um, oh, I also remember Stevie Wonder's also. <laughs> and I think because like me starting out with piano, I would 
like it was really weird again to call myself a singer songwriter I'm more of I start out more of like an instrumentalist thinking mm. more about you know chord progressions um instead of like <laughs> like melody and lyrics and so like that had come later um yeah so like I, I love the soulful music and uh I'd be listening to, to so much of this music and wondering you know is there any worship music in this wow. style and I would feel almost bad for listening to Moonchild because I'm like well it's not really like they don't sing about Jesus and so I just remember like just asking God you know like you know where can I find these artists and and he just put that on my heart okay you can I mean God is so creative he's yeah. the most creative being that we know Genesis 1 you see that he's like so prolific and he's organized at the same time mm-hmm. um yeah so I just felt that like God was telling me you know not to put him in a box and he's like be like as creative as I've made you in with this genre yeah. or style of music that you're doing which is different but I like it so I think it suits yeah. you as well and I like that you like said hey I don't think I'm seeing many people do this why don't I be the change that I want to see you know and I think that's yeah. really cool <laughs> oh, thank you. and like even when it comes to lyrics I mean um I grew up really loving Bethel and like Hillsong songs but I found that like the lyrics are sort of repetitive at times like okay we've been through the fire God's love is like a flood like a storm okay we know that can we use a different analogy so yeah. Yeah, um, you know it's a worship song when there's something about water you know there's something yeah, about water. yeah. <laughs> yeah the elements yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, so. you're so right. Um, you mentioned that you first were an instrumentalist, you know, playing playing piano, classically trained. At what point were you like, wait, I'm a singer too. I'm a songwriter. You know, I this is also what I want to do. What was that? What was that stage? Yeah, that's a really good question because I like God tricked me into <laughs> into leading worship. So yeah, started at classical, and I remember around it was I think it was tenth grade um where so like my bible teacher like I went to a Christian high school and like my my bible teacher was hoping to form um a worship band and so I remember him like first recruiting me and I at first I was like oh I'm only going to play keys Mm -hmm. and so that band didn't happen but then at the same time I had joined like a new church and like that youth group was also starting wanting to like start like a worship band Mm -hmm. and so I remember yeah, like my my mentor Joy, like she was just like, okay, I'll like give you the sheet music, like I'll still reading the notes, and she's like, but I would like you to lead like a song or two. So it just like started from there, like me singing while on the keys, and then um, and I just loved worshiping Jesus, honestly, just in in the quiet place, like on on my own, um, and uh, I think it's from that place where. I just was like, God just like filled me so much with like his spirit and like the courage to go out and lead that when I was like up on stage, it didn't really feel like I was on stage. It just felt like I was worshiping God from that authentic place. And so um, that was when I started to like really, you know, put myself out there, sing in front of the congregation. Um, And then when it comes to writing songs, uh, so again, God tricked me into this again. I'm seeing so, a theme here. I'm seeing a theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just like, but he he's he's great that way. Yeah, he he doesn't uh, pressure us that way. Um, 
yeah, just tricks us. But anyways, so, <laughs> um, so I just graduated from uh, university. In, I think, this, yeah, 2016. So I, I graduated and then I just had so much time sort of like I, I, I felt like I was just floating around trying to figure out life. And I, was, I applied to so many jobs and was just waiting to hear back. And then um, with all this time, I just I just spent so much time with the Lord again in that secret place. And then it would be in these worship sessions where songs would accidentally sort of just come, like come out. And then, and then I thought to myself, like, one day I was like, oh, like, I realized that I, you know, I, I haven't really been writing and like recording these songs. Like I need to like make sure I, you know, these are some really great ideas. I want to like come back to those. Um, so yeah, I just started uh, writing from basically like those really intense worship sessions mm-hmm. so yeah and I think uh so I think it was like 2018 or something when um so I had written Patience of Light which is the first song that I officially made it official that I was like yes I'm gonna do this and like put it out into the world mm-hmm. um yeah I think that was like the first time where I felt like there was something very special like about this particular song and there are some songs that are meant for you know just for yourself as an mm-hmm. artist and like just between like you and god and then there's some songs where it's like you know god is like gifting me the song and then he's handing it he, he's handing it to me to gift to the world yeah. so uh yeah that's how patience of light happened and i remember i was so nervous the first time i was in the recording booth but uh, good memories though. <laughs> oh, that's so nice to hear. I mean, I was literally going to ask how it turned it from being a songwriter and writing these from the place of like worship and being like, oh yeah, this is between me and God. He likes them. I like them. Cool. To I'm an actual gospel artist now releasing this to the world. Anyone can access this online. Anyone can listen to this wherever in the world they are. Like, what was that jump? Like, what was the thing that made you be like this is this is the next step for me and this is where God wants me right um so I mean I like I'm like most artists we have this like singer songwriter like acoustic uh performance like on our voice notes yes. like on voice memo. so just like I just I just had a bunch of like song ideas and I remember just like scrolling through like these songs and then I stopped at Patience of Light and immediately I felt Holy Spirit just convicting me he's just like so uh, are you going to do anything with this particular song? And I told Father, I am so sorry. I know I need to get on it. And so it, I think it was a year gap from me finishing the song and, and then deciding to, you know, find a producer to you know, get going on, on that project. Um, it was all in faith, I think. And also, I'm just, I feel so blessed because God has always surrounded me with really creative people. So um, I, I mean, I, I teach piano as well. And so, again, which is one of the things that God tricked me into. <laughs> and so, like, at, at this uh, music school I was at, there were, um, I mean, like, a, a lot of my coworkers were also, like, writing and recording as well. So just to, like, uh, you know, I got a lot of great advice from them. And then they always encouraged me. They're like, yeah, Jamie, like, just, just go for it. And, um, yeah, because, like, you don't know until you try it yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah, basically it was, like, God convicting me and then him surrounding me with, like, people. the best. Yeah. So. 
Oh, that's amazing. I mean, you've said it multiple times that God's tricked you, but I feel like that he's realized that that's the way to get you to do the like the things that we need you to do, you know. Because if he hadn't yeah. tricked you, we might have never heard this music, you know, and people would need exactly. it. People need it. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> so I'm really excited to um, find out more about you as a person, you know, you as the human being, Jamie. Um, you kind of talk about your three distinct identities as being Chinese, as being Canadian, and being a lover of Christ. That's like the three C's. Can we make it a thing? The three C's? That's true. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Huh? <laughs> How and in what ways have those three identities um, kind of formed who you are today? Uh, this is a great question. Um, I think, well, I'll, I'll talk about Jesus first because literally like that's where, that's even where my creativity and wow. I don't know, just like who I am, like literally it's like, uh, yeah, like, w without Jesus, I just wouldn't be able to um, actually be able to, again, I mentioned at the beginning of this interview that I'm quite an emotional person. Um, and um, yeah, like without Jesus, I wouldn't be able to sort of uh, navigate life yeah. and, and figure out you know like um the intensity of the feelings that mm. I have and um and also just uh we can talk about this a little bit more too how um I gone through an eating disorder in uh 2014 and you know gone through some you know negative experiences but like Jesus has always pulled me through and like been so present in all of those mm. and um my the music on this EP just really reflects all those experiences of God being so real. Um, yeah, so that's the first C. And uh, me being Canadian, I mean, I was I was born in Mississauga, which is like a very uh, yeah, it's like a very quiet city. But I honestly, I really love living in Mississauga. Like we have so much nature around us and. Like I went to like the University of Toronto, Mississauga, and like literally, it's a school in a forest. <laughs> so like we have like deer visiting us, oh, wow. like geese. Yeah, yeah, and like we'd have like professors feeding the deer, which I don't think they're supposed to, but that's what they did. Um, but I just remember being so like um, being very comforted just being in Mississauga because like it was it's also a very safe community, very inclusive. Um, so I never, I never really experienced like racism, like maybe a little, like, you know, as kids, like, you know, kids are kids, but like, really, I just felt like even, and I was never um, faced with any like sexist remarks, like no one judged me for like being a girl. Um, yeah. So I think if anything, growing up in Mississauga has really enabled me in my creativity and, um, and particularly like because I'm a very soft-spoken, not like, at least when I was growing up, I was super soft-spoken and just terrified to like even speak. But I think growing up in a very quiet neighborhood in a quiet city has shown me that there's actually so much power to softer voices. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also like even, cause like sometimes like uh, there's this like stereotype of an artist that like, oh, they have to be like big and showy. But I think that there's, there's so much beauty in expressing um, as an artist, like uh, in like through a softer voice and through humility. Like, I just feel like there's so much power to that. And like, there's a saying that um, with a whisper that you lean in closer. And so I would hope that my audiences can lean in closer. When That's so good. Yeah. Um, 
yeah and then the third c me being chinese so i really thought about this because i'm very whitewashed so like my parents they came from hong kong and so like they, they always speak to me in cantonese but i don't know why i was just so stubborn as a kid to only speak in english and i oh i so regret that like i don't know why i just didn't want to speak in cantonese it's not just though. you a lot of a lot of first men did it we i did it as well like a lot of us did it where it was like they speak to us and we respond in english and then eventually it was just like oh forget it it's fine speak to you in english then so. Right, and then we like totally regret it later. Literally, you're like, like I could be bilingual by now. I could be bilingual. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> right, yeah. but um, yeah, like I, I, well, my parents. I mean, you can hear that. My mom, you can hear on the first track, "Name My Dear," uh, and like my my dad, who's also speaking Cantonese with me on, I think it's the third fourth track. Exactly, um, uh, the interlude one. Yeah, the the interlude. Yeah, so. Um, definitely my, my parents have uh, contributed to my music and have always supported me. And I mean, like typically um, like Asian parents, like they're just like, you know, they come from the background of, we want all of our children to be doctors. Yeah. So uh, that didn't quite happen. <laughs> um, but, um, oh, I f- sorry. I feel like I'm sort of like diverting from the question. No, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it's sort of... Uh, I'm just glad, again, that, you know, I grew up in Mississauga and it's just so diverse that, like, I'm a little, quote unquote, colorblind. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I still have to explore that, like, how me being Chinese affects my art. In the EP, it's obvious, though, with my parents being Cantonese. But, yeah, that's something I have to explore a little more. And it's interesting that your parents are so supportive as well, because I think a lot of us from, like, ethnic backgrounds it's a little bit more difficult when you say you want to do something creative um as a thing you know um and on top of that being christians as well like it's not like people Mm -hmm. will think oh yeah then being christians makes it easier it doesn't necessarily so it's interesting and also just amazing to hear that they're really supportive of what you do and even took part in the ep yeah absolutely which is it's, it's funny because i didn't really like even um having like my mom and my dad involved in the ep like that was sort of like a last minute thought that happened while I was recording I was like you know what this makes sense because like that like they inspired sort of like the songs and like the title so yeah they're they're very happy to be a part of it I mean I might go on to the EP because I feel like we've been touching on it so I think it would be nice to kind of have you uh intro what the EP is about um you know I'm always of the mind that if an artist creates a body of work, it creates a project and puts it in a certain order, your first listen has to be in that order. It can't be like in a random order because they've done it deliberately, like there's a story. And I would love for you to tell us the story behind this EP and the heart that you have um, and desire for people to leave after listening to it with. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, the EP is written from uh, Matthew 5, chapter 8. So like in the Beatitudes, verse 8, it says, Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. And um, so I had, so after going back to like my music journey, so I had released Patience of Light, and I really wanted to create a, a like a longer body work. And I was like, oh, I want to probably not do a full album because I just want to start small. So I had always wanted to do an EP since finishing Patience of Light. Um, 
And then I had released my second single, single uh, Kindness, which is Kindness without the D in it. And like a lot of my friends asked me, they're like, you know, Jamie, you're like, for me, like, I'm like, I'm like the grammar police. So I really <laughs> like like this trend of, you know how nowadays, like all, all these youngins are like not capitalizing their letters. Like for instance, like Olivia Rodrigo, she's like good for yes! you. Like, that's wrong that's wrong <laughs> yeah i know that's wrong that's wrong so like that's why my, my friends are like oh like why would you spell kindness without the d in it i thought it was kindness <laughs> oh yeah that's the thing like it's it looks like it should be pronounced as kindness but like i thought like again this is okay i'll, I'll explain like- so um so this song kindness is was written for a friend who had um unfortunately uh throughout her life she was she grew up with um, an abusive father, and um, I've known her since we were both in, in the fifth grade, and um, and I just wanted to write this song to, uh, for her to let her know that she's not alone, um, and because, like, it's not only myself, but, like, my family had actually walked with her, and, mm. like, and uh, her her mom, like, through that, uh, that really difficult time, um, and with the name uh, Kindness without the D. So it's actually my middle name, Ine, I-N-E-S, hidden inside of that title. And also it's it's part of uh, my friend's name in the in the song title as well. So it's just like a way for, um, for me to like let her know like, okay, I'm in this with you. Um, and I want to get like, I want you to experience God's kindness uh, through this song. So that's where that's where the idea and nay sort of came from. Um, yeah, I wanted to give like an, a little Easter egg uh, like to my that. friends, like saying, like, "Yeah, I have an EP next, and it has like my middle name and nay in there." Um, and uh, yeah, so for some reason, like it just like I, I was working with like the same like producers since like Patience of Light and like uh, working. Uh, with them to release kindness and for some reason it just never really happened doing mm. an EP with them just like time-wise or like schedules um, and like they have like their own projects um, but I think the timing was really good because uh, I was able to work with Steven who like did an amazing job like playing playing on all the tracks mm. and you know he like mixed and mastered everything and um, yeah just so glad that God had chosen this brother in Christ who was who really understood uh, the meaning behind the project. Um, so like going back to the name Ine, um, I'd really wanted, when I, when I released Kindness, like I, I really wanted to write an EP that was about, you know, go, me experiencing like all these, you know, some traumatic experiences, but like God revealing himself to me through those and, and purifying me through those situations. Um, yeah, I had like more than 15 songs I think I was considering to go on the EP and so like it was just like sifting yeah a lot of songs in the vault um but yeah um so with the name uh, Ine so it's like my Chinese name like Punjin Yin so like the Yin part my parents uh (laughs) they to the best of the ability they took Yin and then add E-S to the end to like English by my Chinese name. So, but the way they pronounced it was Yinus. And I was like, no, that's not happening. Mom and dad, why would you decide to pronounce my middle name Yinus? That's so like, uh. And then I remember in like ninth grade, 
Uh, I know, right? It's like, ooh, and like kids made fun of it, like growing up. And then in, in ninth grade, I was sitting in French class, and then we were talking about um, like uh, pronunci- French pronunciations of names, and then we talked about like mm-hmm. Agnès, and then a variation of Agnès was Iné. And so I remember perking up and being like, oh, okay, so that's the same spelling as my middle name, so I'm gonna gonna pronounce my middle name as. Ine instead of Venus and then uh, a couple years later which is like uh yeah a couple, a couple years later I find out that the name Ine means pure and holy in like Greek and French and oh, my German friends said it's also in German I know right it's just like all interconnected and um another interesting fact is that um my Chinese name Yin means faith that comes from the word and I mean, you can you can hear this in like Papa's interlude that um, at the time when my parents just were trying to decide my Chinese name, they had visited um, someone who specializes in in Chinese baby names, and like apparently the, the certain number of brush strokes indicates how lucky the name will be. So oh. like that's how they picked my Chinese name Punjinyin. So like the fact that it's like, and then of course now my parents are Christian, so just how God really connected all through my life just you know the significance of this name um and the expression and name idea that that comes from my mom because I mean she has great mothering senses she knows about something when like I I won't like I'll I won't be saying anything and she'll like barge open like the door to our room and she'll be like hello my dear how are you and then she knows that something is up so yeah that's why she's on the first track um yeah, so in a nutshell, a very big nutshell, that's what a name I hear. Yeah, the, the title and like um, the song and the EP. Yeah, what's about? Oh, I love that. I mean, I didn't know any of this. I was just hearing the color behind the store, like behind the music. Oh, I love it. So exciting. And the way that God has been in it from the very big beginning, like you even um, touched on the fact that your parents weren't Christians when they had chosen the name, but it still fit with the whole narrative of like Jesus. I love it. I actually love it so much. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I wanted- oh, sorry, I, I realized I forgot to add another another thing. So like uh, when I had introduced like this idea of like in, like a name idea to like my first producer, yeah. he, like he was also my music mentor. He was like, oh, like that's, that fits your personality and uh, just like your heart for like seeing God in that pure yeah. lens, so. Oh, I love that. Even a name that speaks of you, actually. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, you mentioned something that we weren't going to speak about because I didn't know about, but I really think that if you would be, um, if you would like to speak about it, this would be an amazing platform for it. Um, one of the things I mentioned when I got in, when I spoke to you was that um, the, the the theme for this series is the gritty truth and that basically means any kind of truth or reality or really harsh difficult situation that we have to overcome in our lives as women as artists as children of God um, that revealed God in a different light to us or just showed us a new dimension of ourselves or and him with us um, you mentioned like an eating, eating disorder and I feel like that is something that a lot of women go through especially women in public eye like like artists um if you would be willing to again you could be like no thank you bye <laughs> if you'd be willing to, um i would love to kind of hear your heart and hear your story um and also how it's linked to the ep 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I would, I, it would be a joy to share just because, I mean, I feel like the person that I am now versus like the person that, uh, that like you know, the Jamie that was dealing with all those, you know, mental health issues and like the eating disorder, like I feel like I'm just so free from the past. And so wow. I just really want to, yeah, I want to share that. And um, yeah, so I think eating disorders are, are really tricky because a lot of people think that it's just about the food, but it's for me, at least I can only speak from my personal experience that it was just how I dealt with um, just feelings of insecurity or like just things not being stable. Um, and uh, yeah, certain like uh, situations and like uh, family uh, relationships just like not going too well. So just, uh, yeah, me being like um, also a perfectionist as well. I just thought that this was one of the ways that I could feel happy. And I thought that, um, I mean, like I, I remember feeling quite distant from God um, in university. I think like the, the first year was just really difficult for me. Um, yeah, so, well, actually, even before that, I know I can pinpoint the exact time I, I started having, like, thoughts of, like, you know, restricting myself, and I think this was in 10th grade, when um, also my friends were, you know, like, my girlfriends were also um, talking about, like, you know, like, diet, dieting and stuff, um, and I remember it, that's when it started in 10th grade, because my friends started talking about it, um, and then in 11th and 12th grade, I just really wanted, you know, I mean, like when, especially as a perfectionist, you really want to get good grades. And um, it's interesting because my parents never pressured me to get good grades. Like they just, they're actually telling me to relax. They're like, you need a chill pill, Jamie. Like for me, I was like, no, I need to get 100%. I only got a 96. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, yeah. So like, it's, it was just like not very, like, from that age, like I was um, just equating my value, even how I, how I thought that God would see me if I attained like a certain number for grades and also with weight as well. Um, and it didn't help that like, I mean, like uh, I take back, it didn't help, but like, um, like people don't talk about enough or at least like when I was in high school that as a woman, your body changes and it's beautiful and natural to like gain some weight, yeah. you know, or like, you know, lose a little, it's just like part of life, you know, yeah. your circumstances. And like my body was like going through all these changes, but like, I, I was just like super scared. I was like, Oh, like I'm going to like, there are a lot of changes going on as well, like in my life. So I thought that, Oh, if I control this one thing, that it can make me feel like stable. Mm. And so I carried over this sort of, this really unhealthy mindset of thinking that, oh, you know, if I get X grade, like this number grade and like look and appear a certain way that I'll feel better about myself. But, and then first year happened and like everyone knows that like it's that much harder to get good grades in university. So I just really shut myself from the world and just like only, I basically lived at the library or like was like in my studying in my room. I'm just always trying to attain like, again, really, really good grades. And, um, but when you isolate yourself from community, like that makes everything all the worse. Mm -hmm. And I remember when it came to second year, I mean, second year was a little bit better in terms of me adjusting to university, but um, it came to the point where I was just, again, talking about 
um, how this affected my creativity. Just like it came to the point where I would only be focused on like making myself as busy as possible Mm. to make myself feel better. But, you know, I was always on the move, like, you know, doing after school activities, taking summer school, you know, volunteering here and there. But I just, I would never be still and, um, and spend time with God in the secret place in worship. And I, I stopped drawing, I stopped dancing because I also had like this foot injury. So um, yeah, I, I remember like that summer after finishing my second year. So I was volunteering at this developmental research lab. And the reason why I mentioned that is because I mean, at the time, psychology was my major. And so interesting because I had learned about eating disorders and like my colleagues suspected that something was up because like they would always ask me, oh, like, how come you only stand when you're working? Like you never sit. And um, I know that like they could sense that something was off. And for me, I would just deny it. And I remember this one particular evening I was at the research lab and I was working on some like calling cards and then I realized that I spent like an abnormal amount of time trying to finish a very simple task um and then I just realized how weak I felt and how emotionally unstable I was and I just like felt like crying all the time and like in that moment I like broke down and then I just called my mom and said mom is it okay if I can go home now and she's like yeah it's okay like I can pick you up and um yeah, so like that was at that point, like I, you know, I had dropped 25% of my weight was just skin and bones. Yeah, um, yeah so it's a little bit ugh, just like going back to that time just like makes me feel really sad. But uh, there's a great ending to the story because that day <laughs> I decided I'm going to get help. There's something off. And so I visited um, um you know, like on campus, the health and counseling center, uh, really, really, again, really, really, I, I just felt that God was so present and I just feel so blessed because it so happened that the female doctor and dietitian that I saw, they were both believing, believing like authentic Christians. So like they could speak into my life and, um, understand the whole spiritual side of things. And, yeah. uh, because another thing I forgot to add is that the reason why I had restricted my eating is because I thought that if I fast, that I'll get closer to God. So that's that. You know, there's like a fine, like I, there's a fine line right there, and like, uh, yeah. So like I, that was, you know, that was not very. Again, like you know, Jesus still loves me even if I don't fast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it was uh, them formally diagnosing me it just helped me to get onto the right path and just take this very seriously. Like, okay, I mean, I really want to, you know, feel better, da, 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 do all this stuff to feel better. But no, it's like right now, it's like you need to you need to rest in God. You need to get better, regain your strength. And it was in this time where um, God started to speak to me in, uh, in very beautiful ways. And uh, he told me to... Like he, I felt that he was giving me this challenge to um, to read the whole Bible uh, within that year. And so basically it was me, you know, regaining healthy weight, um, you know, seeing friends again, joining Christian community, and also just like really just diving into his word and returning back to music and art and dance. 
Um, and so there was one time I was, so I was meditating on, on Song of Songs chapter two. Um, and actually, I think I have the verse here on my screen. Uh, so it says, uh, my beloved spoke to me and, and spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth and the season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land and the fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. So I was just meditating on that. And I remember, I thought it was just really weird how God kept on using the analogy of this bird, like staring at something. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so like songs, like song songs, they're always talking about the gaze of a dove. And yeah, um, yeah. and have you heard of uh, Mike Bickle from IHOP, International House of Prayer? So he does. I know, uh, I know International House of Prayer, but not heard of him. Yeah, so like Mike Bickle, he's like one of like the, if I'm saying this correctly, he's like the lead, like senior pastor or anyways. So he, um, he has a lot of great sermons on, on uh, Song of Songs, like this whole series. And uh, I remember like him saying that with the gaze of a dove, when they fix their eyes at something, they will stare intensely at that one thing and not look at anything else. And so here God was asking me to stare intensely at him and at his word. And because like from like when you're recovering from an eating disorder, it's really tricky because I mean, in my case, people, everyone from church knew about it. I felt really embarrassed how I looked. Like I was, you know, when I went to the swimming pool, like I know that everyone noticed. Um, we hear like God was telling me, yeah, just just focus on me. And you know, this uh, even the verse that says the winter is past. Mm-hmm. I've literally felt cold all the time because of all the weight that I had lost. But God was like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna go back to good health and the rains are over and gone is that season of just like, it was just really often that I would just cry myself to sleep. Um, but God was calling me into this season of singing. And so like quite literally, like seven years later, like in this present time, um, I had, you know, I was recording The Way, which is the, the third track of, of my EP. And um, it's, it's so funny because uh, God was, bringing all the dove imagery back to me so the whole month of recording the way he sent two doves by the my by the window of my recording uh, by my home studio yeah and it was just it was so like so touching because like I would wake up with literal doves cooing by my bedroom window and I seriously needed that encouragement because that was the height yeah. of my asthma. Like, I don't know if you can, you're able to tell, like, listening to that track. But I'm singing singing about pain, and I'm literally in pain. <laughs> because, like, when, when, at least, like, when I was singing at the time, because of my asthma. Um, yeah, so the oh, response no. that I got from, like, gospel hydration and, um, and like, even got picked up on. That's what I found it yeah like that was that was just like praise god like <laughs> like like th- this song was birthed birthed through weakness and I even sang and recorded it in weakness but like god was just so so good um and just one more one uh, sorry i'm talking so much but i'll just like finish no, with, no, like, no. <laughs> okay i hope i'm not talking too much but um yeah like so going back to like that season when 
I was recovering from my eating disorder and um, meditating on Song and Songs chapter two, I had, I just like looked towards my backyard and I saw that there was this white bird flying towards the tallest of trees. And here I'm thinking, I don't think they're supposed to be, like, I don't see doves often in, in my neighborhood. And um, I don't even know if it's a dove, but it, it looks like a white bird. So I'm going to assume it's a dove. And um, my brother and my dad were standing next to me on the driveway. And so when I pointed it out to them, like, I was like, look, there's like, there's a dove right there. And then they looked into the, towards like the direction I was pointing at and they couldn't see it. And I said, oh, you can't see, it's right there. And as I say, it's right there. I turn and look at this bird. It opens its wings and then it closes and then it disappears. So at this point, I'm I'm, I'm looking at my dad and I, I'm like, trust me, I'm not lying. I saw this. And then they knew that it was something that God had revealed to me. Yeah. To confirm that Song of Songs chapter two message. So that's what the way is all about. Oh, wow. Oh, that's amazing. I, yeah, the way is one of the singles that I think I heard first. I must have heard it on Gospel Hydration. And that was kind of, even before you got in touch with us, and then you got in touch with us. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's why yeah. I was so surprised because I had heard that, but I hadn't heard the full EP. And just to hear the story behind that song, it's just like, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Wow, the timing is interesting. Oh wow, okay. Yes. Yeah. Amazing Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love to I love that. Like there's so many things I want to ask and like I know we're slowly like edging towards the end of the interview, but like there's so many things I like have written down. I'm like, I like the way this has gone though. I feel like this is where it was supposed <laughs> to be. Um thank you for sharing that, first of all, because it's not a small thing. Um, this the great thing about this series and you know talking about the gritty truths is we can be honest about like the hardships we've overcome and we can believe that God had good good plans even through those hardships and the fact that you were able to share that story now from a place of healing will heal other people so I just I just want to say thank mm. you I know it can't have been easy um so thank you for that honestly <laughs> happy to share happy to share god is good <laughs> honestly honestly so good i um i'm wondering if we if we go down towards um i mean this is mainly about music but you're an artist through and through of the word like you're into um actual visual art <laughs> <laughs> so for those that don't know about you as a visual artist could you just tell us a little bit about that yeah for sure so um I haven't really been too active on my artist account, but you can find all my paintings on uh, at Two Distant Seas, uh, which is the title is from Psalm 139, which is, again, like a psalm that has um, really influenced like me as a person and my art, like even with a handmade card, like that's inspired by Psalm 139. Oh, yeah. um, and it, I'd say, like, again, how I mentioned how God tricked me into doing music, because when I, at a very young age, I was so uh, certain that I would be a painter or I'd be some sort of visual artist or like I really liked Pixar and like I thought, oh, like I'll be an animator or something. And like I remember just like drawing every single day. Um, and I think now, like it's sort of hard, like as a creative person, it's sort of hard to juggle between, you know, music and like practicing for dance, which I haven't done in a long time. And then like practicing for visual arts. But I think it's just very like hand almost handy to be creative in these different aspects because one form of creativity can inspire your other form of creativity 
Um, I mean, like for for now, like I like I particularly really enjoy painting with watercolors, and that's also another way for me to spend time with God. And I really love making handy cards. Like I don't know a lot of twenty six year olds that are still you know like sending out handy cards, but like for me, like that's just so. I mean, there's so much time and and thought that goes into yeah. um, making a unique design on the card and also a unique message. In terms of the visuals for the EP, so I mean, I have an idea in my head of what I want mm-hmm. a music video or a lyric video to look at, but I don't actually know the means to like create it. So um, my really really talented friend Cindy Jang, she's also an amazing. Uh, recording artist Um, so I had uh, seen her lyric videos and music videos and I just really loved the aesthetic of that and so um, yeah especially going back to Handmade Card like that song was so so like near and dear to my heart that like I knew that I needed to you know choose an artist who I could really trust with Mm -hmm. that song and uh, yeah so like with with Cindy and I we just uh, I picked this really soft color palette and because also like I wanted to evoke that sense of purity with what inane means um and also you know the season of singing and like the flowers appearing on the earth and song and songs chapter two I wanted there to be like cherry blossoms which particularly for me growing up that has been you know very like meaningful for me Mm -hmm. um yeah so I like uh, I really like how Cindy was able to incorporate all of those in that your video for a handmade card um i don't know if i answered your question no, but you did, you did, you did. i think it's always interesting because um as christian creatives every form of our creation essentially is glorifying god like it doesn't have to be yeah. just the one thing yeah. you do and i didn't even know you dance as well so you can praise through <laughs> dance you can praise through painting you can praise through visual arts you can praise through singing and uh you're really blessed that you can do all of that because some of us are not that <laughs> Some of us can't draw stick people, okay? Stick people aren't spiritual. They are not a gift from God, okay? So I'm creative. You know, like my 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 skills and my way of giving glory to God, completely different. So it's totally fine. You're very talented. Thank you, girl. Thank you. I don't know how we got here, but you know, I love it. <laughs> So like I touched on quite early in this interview, you have quite an interesting style that isn't seen a lot. It's kind of like jazzy. I kept saying lo-fi in my head, which is basically what I describe anything I don't know how to put into any kind of genre. I'm like, oh, it's lo-fi. Um, <laughs> and you're definitely kind of part of that group of people that are showing us that music doesn't have to be, Christian music specifically, and gospel music doesn't have to be the conventional, traditional type of music it's always been. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what you you would like to see in the gospel industry and maybe just tell us a little bit about what the gospel scene is like in Canada yeah um so me being an independent artist uh <laughs> it, it, I'd say it's, it's it's quite difficult especially living in like being an artist in Mississauga because I think um most of the like the artistic scene is really big in Toronto mm-hmm. so um yeah which is all like the R&B artists are at like uh, I don't know if you've you've listened to Looney, but she's, yeah, an, an incredible R&B artist based in Toronto. And I know that Alessia Cara, I think it's from Brampton, <laughs> but um, just goes to say that it's like, 
I, I feel like us artists are very far and few, um, especially being like a, a Chinese female jazz artist as well. And you had mentioned lo-fi and like, absolutely like this, this EP is a mixture of like jazz, lo-fi, alternative R&B. Um, yeah, and, and Neo Soul as well. Um, I'm definitely hoping that just in, in general with the Christian music industry, that there are going to be artists that um, are just, they don't compromise their purity that, because um, like even the, the Christian music industry can, you know, be sort of sketchy at times. And um, I just, you know, I want to see more authentic art, artists who really are seeking like what God is, um, yeah, what, like God's kingdom heart and his kingdom values. Because mm. um, I, I just think it's, again, it's very tempting. I see this even with Christian artists, like gospel artists that, uh, you know, it's because, you know, you mentioned social media as well, that like social media is an important way to get our message out. But sometimes like the amount of numbers of the followers can really like get to an artist's mind and unfortunately like affect like your spirit and, um yeah, so again, I'm just hoping for artists who are really uh, in tune with God, with his move, especially because I really feel like, you know, these are the end times. And so to prepare for Jesus, Jesus coming, we like in the arts, we really need to reflect that. Um, and I want to see more creativity because, again, like this, like I, there's nothing wrong with congregational style worship music. But, you know, if God is the most creative person, we know why restrict music that's meant to glorify him in a box so God we put in a box so that's what I'm hoping to see and I also wanted to see and hear about um how you've connected with other people um that are doing not necessarily the same thing as you but that in this game with you um because like you mentioned they're not being like they're being few and far between of artists in um where you are where, what's the name of the city again <laughs> Um, Mississauga. <laughs> I was like, it's not Toronto because we just said it's not Toronto. But um, yeah, like you saying there's few and far between artists in, in um, there. How have you been able to connect with other artists then in general? Right. It's so funny. It's, it's very interesting how like when you connect with one creative group that like they will have connections. So you end up, like, you know, being connecting with all these different groups. Um, so I've just been really blessed to join this uh, this song Christian songwriters group since the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've been with them for a little bit over a year, but it feels like we're a tight-knit family. Um, it's also where I, uh, I found my producer, Steven. Um, yeah, and... Uh, so, the, the, yeah, there's a Christian songwriters group and also just participating at Mississauga uh, Arts Council, their, their open mics. So they've all been virtual, but it's still an awesome way to connect. Like, I just made so many friends from, you know, from, you know, just like from like sitting like at home, like playing guitar, from, like my laptop. Yeah, it's just been really great to connect that way. And um I'm also part of uh, what's called Asian Creative Network on Facebook. So yeah, a lot of great collabs um, that have happened from there. So yeah, just honestly, like the internet is is a great way to connect it with really more is. people. Yeah. And even nowadays, like, you know, recording music, we just send things back and forth. So yeah, but I'm glad to say that a lot of the friendships that I made have been uh, authentic. So 
yeah, really blessed. That's so nice to hear. Oh, I love yeah. I love authenticity, and I think that as Christians, that really should be what we strive for. We shouldn't have to put some kind of weird front of like a version of ourselves to present the world. So, I really I really love to hear that. Um, and finally. I'm sad to say finally because I'm actually really enjoying speaking to you and time has just flown by. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what is the legacy that you want to leave? And I feel like this is a super Christian like question to ask and you don't honestly have to answer it all Christianese and everything. But what is it that you would love people to leave this interview with, leave after listening to the EP or just listening to your music in general, maybe even just visiting your Instagram? What is the central message that your life just emanates honestly I love this question and like it's like the best question to end this interview with and um yeah like I like I've actually my songwriters group has given this question to us and I think it's really important as artists to reflect on the impact that you know your your music is having and for me I just really want people to want more of Jesus when they listen to my songs like honestly just having messages from people around the world just um, like there was a girl from France messaging me about she was really touched by the way and like she was thanking me for sharing my eating disorder testimony um and I want people to listen to my songs and get this sense of God in the room and particularly feelings of you know God's God's peace and um because like when I whenever I would sit down to write these songs I would actually be writing from like a mindset of not feeling peaceful Mm -hmm. and to have God meeting me in like the songwriting space um and I did also have someone from the states message me saying how when he listens to a handmade card like for him like he was dealing with like anxiety and just some like mental health things and like whenever he's told me that whenever he listens to a handmade card he's able to experience that presence of God and this sounds very cute but I just want people to like (laughs) like experience this uh like a father like father God hugging them and it sounds so like cheesy but like it's it's so true because like I don't know that that's how I want to feel how I feel when I listen to these songs so just leaving this legacy of authenticity and and peace really and, and joy as well so and how can we keep up with you Jamie like it sounds like we've got so much more to come and uh the fact that you had to pick from like 15 of other songs to put in the EP there's definitely something coming how can we make sure that we're you know on the train really um I am cooking up something <laughs> but um yeah so follow me on Spotify you can search my first and last name um and as Paula mentioned it's two eyes around the M and yeah, follow me on social media at Jamie Poon Music. And yeah, there will be more to come. I'm just currently in the cooking process. <laughs> and we don't want to rush that. We don't want to rush that. Yeah, you can't rush good art. <laughs> can't rush good art. Thank you so much, Jamie, for your time. Honestly, it means so much. And I know that everyone listening to this has just been blessed and just thought, you know, has have got to see more about you that they never, you know, knew before. And all these songs that we're listening to, there's stories behind them, there's journeys behind them, there's healing behind them, there's overcoming situations behind them. And being able to learn that has just been a, honestly a privilege. And I just appreciate you for sharing them and giving us a bit of your heart. So thank you for your time. 
Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, make sure to leave a like rating wherever you're listening to this and to follow us on Instagram at shehhpodcast.